0: You know, Wes. I don't know about you, but I, I really enjoyed this episode mainly because I identify with it so much. Because uh, I also, if I don't meditate once a night, end up having these really horny jazz dreams. Just...
1: It's a little insulting to call that, call that. It was that.
0: It was like it was like a borderline. It was sexy it detective was novel. Of, it was one appearance of a of a little person away from being like a David Lynch <laughs> film, I think. In like a black and white uh someone holding up a burning ace of spades or something.
1: I know, it's um truly strange. Although, uh, I guess we're going to have to get into it, but I I've
0: I've um you know, it's a really uh how do I put this? Um <laughs> it, it's a it seems like a really white guy interpretation of what would make a woman horny right if that makes sense yeah like it's very it's like oh she just the 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 jazz just overcame this repressed vulcan and she can't handle it it's it, like okay all, all right keep up keep it down it, it, <laughs> keep it keep, keep it together you you 50 year old man it kind of it kind of just brings it into the um
1: just the sense of like it's just this sort of like cliche archetype like like if you pull someone off the streets, like it's probably one out of ten would be able to like even understand jazz enough to get like emotionally affected yeah. by it. So it's it's just strange that this this Vulcan and I think they've they've even gone into the fact that Vulcans have music and everything and they mm. they sort of appreciate it. So it's it's just very strange and it's honestly so well, actually strange that you think think something else is going on.
0: I don't know if you knew this, but um, Berman and Braga actually get story by credits on the movie La La Land because. <laughs> That movie is a direct adaptation of this episode of Star Trek.
1: <laughs> they just shaved the, uh, the pointy ears down and, w- and went off with it. Let's take a break. We'll play a clip from the episode, and then we're going to come back. We're going to break down Fusion.
0: I spent two years at the Vulcan Consulate on Earth and seven months on Enterprise.
1: That's a long time away from home. Living here has obviously affected you in ways that you don't realize. You may be right. On occasion, I also drink chamomile tea. Okay, so this is Fusion. It's the 17th episode of the first season, aired on February 27th, 2002. Teleplay goes to Phyllis Strong and Mike Sussman. Story credit goes to Rick Berman and Brandon Braga, directed by Rob Hedden. In-universe date is unknown, but it's 2151. In this episode, the crew of the Enterprise meets a group of outcast Vulcans who embrace their own emotions, leading to trouble for T'Pol... Leading into trouble for a lot of us. You know what this episode reminded reminded me of? It reminds me of um, breaking the ice in a lot of ways. Do you think that if we go back and we watch Breaking the Ice retroactively, it becomes a worse episode at this point? Because what I think is happening is that, um, and I'm going to kind of, I think I'm stealing uh, Patron Neil's comment later on about this. But
0: and hey, if- he signed the contract. As soon as you leave that, <laughs> as soon as you leave that comment, it becomes the property and original thoughts of of the two of us.
1: Once uh, he has a comment about basically, like, why does the show feel so low energy? And I Mm. guess I would expand on that by just saying that, like, the show kind of in a lot of episodes, like Breaking the Ice, I think, to a good degree and this one to kind of a bad degree. It feels like it's moving along in, like, third gear. And when you expect to get onto the highway and go into fourth or fifth gear it just never happens and you just kind of keep coasting along at this sort of like medium pace and then the the episode ends and you get off the highway or whatever the analogy is at that point it's just um this one feels super low energy like breaking the ice except it feels like the topic needs to have more energy to it than breaking the ice did it's but there's something like languid about the way that enterprise is approaching these episodes everything feels very low-key and um slice of lifey in a way that I think some mm-hmm. plot lines benefit from and some don't.
0: Yeah. I actually like this one more than breaking the ice. Oh really? Um, well, wow. Yeah. Because I, I feel like, um, <clears throat> what this one did that breaking, or I should say what breaking the ice did that this one didn't do is breaking the ice kind of manufactured that, uh, it, problem that, that was just really tacked on with, uh, the ice is snapping and the legs are breaking and whatnot. This one – the thing that got me about this one is it was kind of like what I – the kind of episode I've been talking about that I wanted, which is we're going to take the pieces of this concept and we're going to twist them and be like, okay, well, we've never seen this before. What would happen if X? Right. And so they do that in ha- in presenting a different kind of Vulcan uh, to Archer and the crew. Um, one who we haven't probably seen since, I guess, Star Trek V with Cybok and his crew there. Right. Um, Vulcan Protestants, essentially, who are taking a different tack as far as the reading of this Vulcan gospel of the way to how to deal with your emotions. And I actually found that really interesting. Um, And I didn't feel like it was nothing about it 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 was very low-key it was very languid i'm not debating that at all um but i thought the 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 vignettes essentially that they were doing to explore this i found a lot more satisfying than what they were doing in breaking the ice Mm -hmm. and it didn't feel like it had any manufactured um conflict what ends up happening feels a lot more of a piece of what they're trying to do than uh what they did in breaking the ice like i um using having uh having one of these vulcans essentially turn into a mind rapist um what or it's it's arguably even it's not i guess it's not worse than that but he's he's a lot more manipulative uh in his his in his assault um using this perceived way a new way of thinking this new correct way of thinking as as a smokescreen to uh assault to paul yeah um and i'm I I found that really interesting. I found that scene, you know, really uh harrowing. Um and I was also glad that they didn't make all of them that way, like they weren't all secretly unable to control themselves. Right. Um it was just this guy who had a, obviously had a problem with it so it, it wasn't like oh here's the problem with the, their way of life is that nobody can control anything anymore like it wasn't that kind of thing my only my only problem that I really had with it as it stands is I wish to Paul was the one who got the better of the guy and not Archer mm. um, does Archer even get the better of the guy really well he pulls the he pulls the the Chris pine Captain Kirk thing where he just makes him angry mm-hmm. and uses that to disarm him and I was kind of I, I get why they did it um with Archer but I was in retrospect I was kind of wishing that T'Pol had been the one to do that uh so she could actually assert uh, assert her agency and and uh uh strength over this attacker yeah. instead of having uh, essentially being uh turned into a, 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 a damsel in distress a little bit.
1: Yeah. Not not really uh, uh, dissimilar to the way that she's been treated in general in general i think right yeah
0: i think that i have
1: more i probably think this episode's worse than you do i guess i don't know if you think that this is a great episode or anything but i think that there's um i think that there's just a lot of i think there's just a lot of strangeness continuing off of stuff that i like have previously found strange like i i know that you're less invested in like how the vulcans are portrayed and everything like that but Mm -hmm. i'm you know, you're starting to run into weird things here where, and this is not really a fault of Enterprise, but it's like the, the Romulans already, already exist in this series. There's an offshoot of Vulcans who sort of mm-hmm. rejected the Siroc teachings or whatever of, of, uh, about logic.
0: And Wait, the, the guy, the Vulcan who created the teachings, his name's Sorok. Mm-hmm. Lofton? Uh, close
1: enough. It wasn't uh, oh, is actually named after the uh, the founder of the Vulcan religion. I think his name is Ciroc, something like that. But um the That's why they're all so repressed and horny. Basically. Yeah. That's a good it's a good tie in. They should they should have built <laughs> they should have built something off of that. I I think I'm just running into problems with to me this one feels most like they are the the show is trying to resolve the problems that I've had with the Vulcans to this point which is that they're mm-hmm. kind of showing them to be unstable in a lot of ways and that they uh like it's almost as if their their logic teachings are not really constraining what they are underneath is the thing and I think I'd be fine with that I just don't know I just don't know if I really enjoy that storyline all that much at this point, where mm-hmm. it feels like all the Vulcans are kind of just this like crumbling persona or facade who are holding back this sort of like crazed emotionality that all the characters would have if they didn't have these logic teachings. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, I mean, the minor nitpick is just the Romulans. like They should act more like they would be more like Romulans. Why aren't, aren't these people considered Romulans and things like that? But I don't, I don't know. I, I I guess I mostly just... I appreciate the effort. It just feels like I'm not still I'm still not sure where Vulcans sit in this universe and where Enterprise thinks that they should be in terms of like their development and and all that stuff because as I said previously in the other episodes Archer and the other humans are surprised when when Vulcans are emotional, right? Like they right, right. they treat the Vulcans whenever they get emotional, which is literally every time that we see Vulcans they're getting emotional in this show. Archer and the crew are always like, well, Look at you losing your temper. I guess you're not really as Vulcan as you thought, which doesn't make any sense because I feel that the humans, uh, treating them this way implies that the humans think that the Vulcans are always ice cold about everything. But I've
0: never seen mm-hmm. an ice cold Vulcan in this series. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I, it, it feels a little bit like a little bit of a crutch for them to keep going back to that well. Um of, of the uh, uh, over-emotional Vulcan but well. But at least this time, I, I like that they draw a distinction between them um, and actually pr- present them as uh, purposely extra over-emotional on per- uh, um, as, a, as a counterpoint to, to Paul. And I think it's one – I just I, – I am – you're right. I'm less concerned with how they are positioned – Compared to the way they're positioned in all the other shows, because I I do give this show a bit of leeway in terms of um, how they're treating them, just because they're trying to tell a new story. Yeah. So I get I give them some wiggle room as far as that stuff goes. Um, and uh, I, I appreciate it when they try and and do something different with with these guys. And it's it's tough because I think a lot of a a lot of the preconceived notions. Of the Vulcans is that they are uh, very cold, so it is kind. It is kind of a it's it's probably half a crutch and half them uh, not doing, maybe not doing the research or or caring enough to really figure out how they sit uh, uh, related to the rest of the series. But it doesn't it doesn't bother me that much.
1: Yeah, I mean i I, th- I think that I would draw a conclusion. About that, and and it kind of fits the pacing of this episode. Where I feel like I feel like this first season of Enterprise, from like the temporal Cold War to the way that the Vulcans are portrayed to the way that the ship sort of moves around and whether it can go back to Earth and stuff like that. I feel I feel like the the nuts and bolts of what they outlay for this series were not really well-defined when they started writing it. Like, they mm-hmm. they have an idea... Like, the whole idea is basically it's 100 years before TOS. Like, And that seems to be the amount of thought that went into things because it, it just feels like a lot of episodes, to me, feel very much like the Cold War episode, uh, Cold Front, or whatever it's called, where they're introducing an idea, but they don't really feel like they have enough of anything to know about that to tell you anything about it. And I feel like the mm-hmm. Vulcans are that way, where... I would appreciate if they want to do the Vulcans different, I just feel that you have to set it up so that it's not conflicting with what I already know the Vulcans to be. And it's the same way with the, the Cold War thing. Like the Cold War thing is just they, they kind of mention the idea of a temporal Cold War, but they don't really know where to go with that after that. It's just the fact that bringing mm-hmm. it up seems to be enough of a storyline for them. And I, I think that the Vulcans here are that problem to me where I'm since I, I can't really latch on to where the show thinks that they should be, I have a hard time judging the drama between the characters as to whether or not something is intentional or not intentional with their portrayal of things. Like, everything could be an accident or it could be an intentional thing that they're doing with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, and I, I think that the, the pacing I, and the languidness of it ties into that, where you have these sort of, like, the trip in that Vulcan... B plot in this one where they want him to talk to his dying father. It just feels so strange, mashed onto things. But at the same time, it feels pleasant because there's such like slice of lifey small stories that are really interesting right. that they've never done. So I'm very conflicted about how I feel.
0: I think you might be overthinking it a little bit uh, as far as the Vulcans go. But I mean, it's 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 all you know the, the personal stuff that you care about X, Y, and Z. But it, I. It just seems to me like that's the choice that they're making for this show, you know, as 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 opposed to um, how this necessarily fits in with everything that's come before. But but um, it, but it's I think it's totally counterintuitive to what they are. It would
1: be like the Klingons on Discovery are like peaceknicks, sort of like there's like this like it's so. It's so different from what you're supposed to expect. It's not as drastic as that because the Vulcans are still trying to like maintain some kind of logic thing here, but mm-hmm. it's just the it's the inconsistency of the writing where they're treating them like they're established Vulcans on another series but they don't write them that way.
0: I see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, I it's it's hard for me to follow that stuff because I I don't know if I could compare and contrast them if I had to. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. <laughs> I'll take I'll take your word for it.
1: Uh, yeah. I, I mean, do you, so so explain to me what you think the Vulcans are in this series. Like what what's going on with the Vulcans in general? How would you interpret what you've seen so far? Uh
0: I I am I'm am viewing them through the lens of the way that the humans are viewing them, which is uh overbearing and cold essentially
1: are they are they struggling as a society to hold their emotions in check
0: i don't get that sense
1: oh because i do get that sense oh really just because you know it'd be one thing if it was just these vulcans on the ship that were doing it but but to paul mm-hmm. has shown the entire series that she's struggling with this stuff i think and that she this one becomes explicit she's like if i don't you know, if I don't do my superhero meditate in the chamber technology for eight hours a day, like I, I basically become this like raging ball of emotions, and mm-hmm. it's just never—I don't know—it's never—it's never really been portrayed that way to me. Like it's this kind of weakness that their society has, and because I'm I'm viewing it much more as a this is a so- society-wide thing because every Vulcan we've seen, down from that ambassador who likes to yell at Archer all the time to, to Paul to mm-hmm. these guys are having the same exact problem with controlling emotion.
0: Yeah, no, no. I guess you're right. I guess I haven't really thought about that much, to be honest with you. Mm. It's it, I, I just don't. I don't. I, I haven't really read it as the Vulcans as a people having trouble uh, keeping their emotions in check. Um, be, because to Paul is the only one who seems to really. To it, it, she's the only one it really seems to come up with, and it, 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 while while the other ones are getting emotional, I at any time that the humans call them out on it, I do read that as the humans just using whatever they can to try and get one over on them. Oh, okay. Um, but and I, and I and it doesn't bother me that to, it, it's never bothered me that Paul is struggling with it because it's you know some people can struggle with it. Yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I and. Yeah, I, I suppose so. I, I, I guess I'm just—I guess I'm just looking for more groundwork there or something. Yeah, uh, it's, it, it just yeah. seems
0: it just it, supposedly be- according to the the comments that I've seen left on our shows, they do explain why the Vulcans are different. Right,
1: but th- that kind of—I don't know if people think that they're disproving my point. To me, that proves my point: is that the show sure. realizes sure. later on that they've done something that they haven't laid the groundwork for, and they need to explain why this yeah. is happening.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, definitely.
1: And I, it's not a it's not a huge problem. This it's all sort of just the structure of things. Like I would I would like I, I I liked the Vulcans in this one. I liked seeing the emotional Vulcans who are kind of different mm. and like to eat chicken marsala and stuff like that. And um, <laughs> like that's all fun. And I like the you know the sort of chubby Vulcan who works with trip in the engineering and stuff. I think that that's all kind of like charming little uh, things where it is showing this kind of. Uh, extending of the olive branch between these two species where the Vulcans are now starting to understand that a lot of things they don't that they believe about humans are wrong and humans are thinking Mm -hmm. that the Vulcans are not exactly the same um and I even like the sort of the setup here where Archer is so desperate to enjoy Vulcans that he gets along with that he's willing to sort of look past the damage that T'Pol is taking. I think, honestly, my biggest problem with this one is that I would have liked to have seen them go in that direction where Archer is so enamored with these Vulcans that T'Pol's sort of fear and worry about them is pushed aside to a degree that puts her into danger. And at that point, I think Archer learns a lesson by the end of it because I'm also... I think Archer's defense of T'Pol is both very good and very bad at the end in some way yeah. like i'm really glad that yeah. they called out and the archer basically says something like no means no which is good right, i think right. in this case but he also he doesn't report that guy to the other vulcans he doesn't do anything i know about it
0: yeah it's not like it's not like he tells him to get the fuck off of his ship and right he's gonna tell his superior he's just like i don't think I don't think you should go to sick bay. Right, don't it's, see her it's again. It's very yeah. yeah, yeah, and and that's part of why I wish it was to that got the got the better of this guy because it is, um, it is very uh, what's I don't know what the word for it is, but it it feels the way that Archer handles it feels very much like a uh, a dated way to handle this stuff it in, does like, it feels like a 50s setting. dad
1: reacting to someone who's yeah. raped their daughter and being like i can't have this come out in the society so just stay
0: the fuck right. away from her yeah and and the, the the most troubling troubling thing about that is even at the time it's not like this was from 1955 this is from 2002 it's not that long ago um it, it's not like it's not like this was not a known quantity that this stuff was happening this way in real life It it's troubling that they actively wrote it that way and didn't see the opportunity or or see that the right way to handle this would be archer reacting in a much more aggressive manner
1: yeah or you know or it's an uh, i don't know if you can do this with the exact storyline that i've set up here that to has some reason where she has to protect this vulcan like this getting out would be bad for them in general and so to has to suffer this and archer is furious about it but he knows that he can't do anything
0: about it is the yeah that's that's tough too (laughs) it is tough that
1: that feels like that's more of an adult drama situation i think which is maybe not what star trek is all about i
0: i think i think though if you want to play it with that dark angle i think that's tough too i was gonna say if you want to play that dark angle of it i think what you do is you have to paul and or archer tell the leader of the other vulcan ship what happened and then have that person brush it off under the rug. Right. You know what I mean as 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 a sort of a boys will be boys kind of thing. Hey, we're everybody's got emotions, man. We're just dealing with that shit, you know? Give him right. a break. Like yep. that kind of thing. If you want if you want to play that dark angle and and see the uh the neg the even worse outcomes of of what happens when when people report this stuff sometimes i think that would be the way to go but having archer take the take the w by just sort of you know admonishing this guy a little bit and then saying eh maybe you shouldn't go see her anymore it's it's not it's not as uh, as firm a stance against what happened as it could be yeah which is funny because the You know, Star Trek in the
1: past has been criticized in other series when they have the – they always have a mind rape episode in every single episode.
0: Hey, they've had two in this one if you count what happened to Trip. Oh, that's true.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that actually results in like a physical thing for him. But the
0: the other series
1: don't – they always get criticized for not responding to it um, maybe strongly enough or effectively enough to like sort of have the other characters – uh, show that they understand what has happened to the Troy character right. for instance. Right. And right, this one's yeah. different because Archer clearly understands what's happening. Um it's just such a strangely written scene. Like the way that he lightly sets him up for it. You know, he does that thing where the character's mm-hmm. like, Oh, how'd you sleep last night? How was how was that? Was that I, good?
0: Th- I thought that was hilarious because the way that he was the acting, I thought he was gonna do that thing where he's like, hey Could you hold this frame up in front of your face real quick, and then punch him through the the hole in the frame or something? Like I thought it was going to be more of a like a Bugs Bunny uh, retribution scene or something. Yeah, or like he secretly poisoned him or something.
1: So it builds off of it builds off of that, and then it goes into what I also like about it is that you know Archer saying things like this to a emotional Vulcan are dangerous to him because the Vulcans are, you know, canonically they're supposed to be stronger than humans, right, which they yeah. show by throwing yeah. him across the room here. And I don't think they lean into that either enough, which is that like this is the problem that Archer would have dealing with emotional Vulcans like this, is that they'll basically like break you if, if they think that you're right. wrong. And right. so you're stuck in this really weird middling section where Archer says his piece, he gets beat up, and then he just kicks the guy off and is like, don't come back here anymore. And I just feel it's... Like, that's the low-keyness of, I think,
0: that that's the point where the story needs to shift
1: into a higher gear, and it doesn't.
0: And also, depending on how you read the ending, it's when he goes and talks to Tapal and he's like, you do this every night? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, now I understand why. I don't really know if that's the best thing to take from this whole thing is that it's like yeah you really need to keep your shit in check otherwise you're going to rape somebody right. you No know, incidents <laughs> i eh, again it feels very 50s dad in that way where it's it's almost it's almost putting the blame on to paul you know yeah um in a, in this weird roundabout way that i i feel like would have been easy to miss as they were writing it at the time
1: well do you um, do you think that the do you think that the lead up to to paul trying this stuff was done effectively in terms of, like, because I think what you're supposed to feel is that the character of the sleazy Vulcan is not overtly so. I think I think the actor actually kind of overplays him a little bit as a creep early on. Um, yeah. And I, I think that they kind of show their hand there because I didn't really... I It just goes back to my, my initial Vulcan thing. Like, I don't really think that I have a sense of T'Pol as to why T'Pol would feel that she wants to try this kind of thing. Like... Sure. I understand it on some kind of a technical level that, you know, as a Vulcan, she's interested in this kind of like offshoot hippie culture of Vulcans, and be like, oh, maybe mm-hmm. I'll try it and see what happens. But the fact that she hasn't not meditated would seem to me to show that she knows what the
0: downside of it will be. You know, so well, I don't know, because because I read to Paul as. Um, s- Slowly and semi reluctantly, becoming more humanized the more she spend time she spends on the ship. Mm-hmm. So, which is probably you know they constantly bring up the fact that no other Vulcan has managed to to last this long on a human ship, and I think it's it's because T'Pol is. More open, reluctant. Whether or not she's going to admit this, she's more open to the the culture exchange than a lot of other, than the other Vulcans have been. Where whether it's uh, the f- eating more food, uh, drinking uh, drinking the the tea instead tea, of yeah, uh, yeah uh, drinking the tea, but then being like, well, they don't make any Vulcan shit, um, or even or any of the other things, uh, bits and pieces that she's gotten along the way from the humans. So I, I see it less. I see it less as oh she's open to this vulcan hippie stuff as much as she's these vulcans are acting more like humans so this could be a way for her to dip her toe into what it might what it might be to act more human you know what i mean yeah. where it's like it's it's not it's not full sale uh, wholesale rejecting her culture it's a roundabout way to kind of uh to kind of work her way into it it's like when you grow up in a in a uh it's like when you grow up in a really um strict church setting and and you uh you end up going to this thing and there's one band playing who's playing like christian metal right and you're like well i mean i'm not supposed to listen to heavy metal but i could listen to this and then two days later, you get corpse paint on, you get King Diamond tattooed across your chest. It's a very slippery slope. But my point is, it's, it's like, I, 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 I kind of read a little bit more like that, that she's, these, these Vulcans are a little bit more human, so she's kind of veering that way just to, to dip her toe in the water. Right. Um, the fact that she gets unceremoniously slapped for doing so, Is troubling. Well, yeah,
1: but it's like, so I guess maybe that's the core problem with it because I could see an episode where she meets a Vulcan group like this and she tries to dip her toe and she learns something about herself that is unsettling through this nonviolent kind of ideology that these Vulcans have, right? Mm -hmm. The Mm -hmm. rape kind of comes out of nowhere and is just a punishment to her for trying something. And I feel like in a more adult drama, like an HBO drama, you could have a storyline like that, but there's something more... There's more of a there's more of like a lesson or a spine to the morality there about what that character would learn from that experience mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I feel like to Paul here ends up kind of beaten down by it yes, in the end absolutely. and it's not yeah. like there's any kind of like oh, this will like I've learned a lesson here that makes me a better person, even though I'm broken right now, I will come out of this better it just it It, it just feels like it's too aggressive of an outcome for that character for yeah. what they were trying to do originally.
0: Which is why I, I feel like – I. another reason why I wish she had gotten the upper hand at the end because the, you're right. The way this ends, she's very much beaten beaten down and the last you see of her is her very like is, – is meditating in, incredibly intensely. Yep. Uh, as, as though she needs to like cleanse herself of the mistake that she made. Right. Which is absolutely not the case. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough because I, while I do really like the episode and what they were trying to do, I think that element of it is is very flawed.
1: Yeah, because I'd I would have been perfectly happy with just to Paul tries to embrace this. She has those weird jazz hands flashbacks where mm-hmm. she loses control a little bit, or uh, the the emotional she she's not because she's been raised as this sort of, like, stock standard Vulcan way, which, again, is flying in the face of what I think the Vulcans are, but, if like, say if she was a traditional Vulcan and been raised that way, meeting this group, to me, has a bigger impact there, because it shows... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It it both shows you, A, what's brewing underneath the Vulcans, and that there is a way that they could control it that the mainstream Vulcan society doesn't really understand at this point, because they don't teach it to people. And so you're left with this, like... Much more Star Trekky, interesting thing about like, uh, like what what does Vulcan society say about these people? Like they're clearly not doing anything bad. In my in my hypothetical example, they're not doing anything bad, but like they can't handle it. What does that mean for T'Pol as a character? How is she going to grapple with these emotions if they're so chaotic? When she you know for the next four seasons of Enterprise, how is she going to deal with it? And instead, so you just have you just have the just far too easy resolution for it. And then it ends up with her in the dark room. And it's just, it's kind of, I just, it's mostly upsetting. I I don't think that they're very,
0: in some ways, this is the most retrograde of the Star Trek shows. It's the most. Yeah. At least, at least as far as T'Pol is concerned and and their treatment of women, I would, I would agree. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I mean, you know, the 60s Star Trek was, that was zeitgeisty. Like that, that's just of the, in the air at that, when they were producing that show. And even,
0: and even there, they had at least some concept of of, uh, of bucking that trend.
1: Yeah, right. They tried to push back on it when they can. Of course, all the I women was, are wearing skirts and everything. And right. you know, like, yeah. they're dependent on Kirk to come and punch out the guy to save them. But this is 50 years later. And yeah. in some ways, it feels like T'Pol is even more insulted than a lot of female characters on TOS were.
0: Yeah, I was actually, as you were talking, I was thinking about what the TOS version of this episode would have been. And it it would totally be they meet up with these Vulcans who are all, like, free love hippie Vulcans. They've all got long hair and shit, and they don't, you know, they wear togas and stuff. Yeah, no shirts. And, yeah, and, and, just open and chest. To, yeah, and T'Pol ends up going full throttle in that direction, and she ends up kind of going crazy because of it, because of all the freedom. Yeah. And it turns into, like, a naked now kind of situation where she's, like, got too many emotions going on. Yes. And then Kirk is like, "Well, that's what happens when you're a woman, and uh, <laughs> you just need to be kissed really good." Um, just a lot know, of and offhand
1: be, uh, time of the month comments from Kirk in the chair. Yeah. Just, well, uh, no, it would
0: be it would be her like going crazy because of all the emotions, and then doing something really rash back on the ship, like dr- steering into a star or something, something like that. Yeah, and yeah. then at the end, she be, she gums goes back to normal and real. I don't think it comes out... I don't think the outcome is any better. I think it, both of these episodes still end with T'Pol coming out feeling bad about what she did, even though what she did is not actually bad. Right. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a really unfortunate way to to handle this in the 21st century.
1: Yeah, it's... I mean, the, the other big thing, it obviously just builds off of that, is T'Pol
0: even in... Think, sorry, do you think like... <laughs> But this is the, what, fifth Star Trek show? Uh, yes. Right. Fifth yeah. fifth show, and they've already done uh, nine movies or something, eight movies, yep. one of which also involved a uh, 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 mind-meld rape scene. Yep. Do you think when they were pitching this, someone in the room was like, hey, hi, uh, do we really want to do this again? Because we don't have a great track record with this stuff. We already did it once earlier. We played it for laughs, and it's sort of like 50-50 whether or not we... We'd, that was acceptable. Yeah. Um, do, we, do we really want to do this? Well, I mean, do you do you think that the,
1: the need to do it is just that w- as they were sort of coming up with this idea, you hit this point where if the rape doesn't happen, your script is extremely low energy. You know, it's, sure. it's like, sure. you, you feel like you need something to happen here because- I actually think I would, have, I would have appreciated more if the rape didn't happen. And it was just this sort of, like, weird, quiet episode of Enterprise where mm-hmm. this kind of, like, low-key thing happened. But, you know, for a variety of reasons, like, Enterprise doesn't have the character work necessary to really pull this off at this point. And T'Pol is not well-developed or clarified at this point to really understand where she's coming from. You end up with this, like, note after the first draft of, like, well, something has to happen to somebody in this, like you've got to do something here because otherwise right. this is just too flat. And I think it just I think it feels like that in a lot of ways. Although the that Vulcan is just so creepy from the beginning that you know mm-hmm. something is up with it. It's just it's it's ugly. He, doesn't,
0: he doesn't successfully play it as though he's just being flirty. It all right. it all comes off as he's like grooming her. Yes. For yeah. some for what eventually happens. Yeah. And uh and even even so, even if that is on purpose, that's fine. Like I don't actually mind that. I just think the way that it plays out ultimately leaves to Paul with 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 no agency mm-hmm. in anything. Yeah, and it's a matter of her being able to. If you're gonna do that, you can't have you can't end the episode with her feeling bad about herself and and Archer. Slapping the guy on the wrist. You even have the other guy like yelling about how it was actually to Paul's fault, essentially. Mm-hmm. And Arch arch is like, Yeah, well, you know, who's to say whose fault it was? I mean, we all know how she dresses. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, I <laughs> slipped into a Batman voice, character <laughs> voice there for a second. That's not Ar- Archer is not from Brooklyn. Um, but, you know, it's like that, it's that kind of thing where it's like, uh, even e- there's, there's so many more appropriate ways you can handle this if you're going to do it and you've chosen none of them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm just... I I do... Oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: No, you can go ahead. I I was going to move on to something else. Well, I was
0: just... I was just going to say it is interesting, though, given how widespread the teachings of this new group must have been eventually on Vulcan because as of this show, the mind meld is a lost thing that no one's done for hundreds of years. Yeah, yeah. So... Apparently, the, these guys catch on enough where the mind meld comes back. Which doesn't as a make po- any sense. A popular culture, yeah.
1: Really? You know, it's I. I mean, I'm, I am probably too
0: concerned about that stuff, but I, I just. Well, that one, that one is kind of weird. Like, what, what does that add to the show to be like, mind meld? What's that? Right. Eh, from yeah. to Paul. Like, why you, it's it'd be just as easy for him to be like, let's mind meld and have her say, as someone who is concerned about this kind of stuff, have her say, "I don't know. I've never done that. I've always been wary of what that does. Something like that." Yeah, I mean, the, you the, know what I mean.
1: The difficulty of mind melding with him would be like, I don't know if I want to experience emotion on the level that you do. You know, sure, like yeah. I, I don't know if I'm if I'm right for that or something.
0: Yeah, she doesn't have to be ignorant of the practice. Right. I, I don't know. I don't know what that does, other than just to have it be another. Callback. It's it's a first. It's a callback and a quote unquote first that makes absolutely zero sense.
1: Right? Yeah,
0: yeah. It's just it's a um, it it would be like it would be like if the if uh, if T'Pol had normal ears, and the, these guys showed up and they were like, oh yes, we've started filing our ears down, which is a lost practice right. on Vulcan for the past two. It's like <laughs> what
1: yeah it's it's unnecessary it's probably uh less big of a deal for me than the actual characterization but it just felt like an unnecessary detail to stick in as a prequel item that you're going to deal with it doesn't nothing about it screams to me that you have to be the emotional vulcans to do that it really makes sense to me that the vulcans as a species would kind of do it with their meditation Mm -hmm. and everything like that um let's see anything else to really say about this one Not too much. So what do you uh, you came off fairly positive in the opening. I don't know what you're going to give this one. You don't have to say it right now. But what would you say was the thing that stuck out to you that made you so positive on it early, considering the flaws that it has at the end?
0: I just really liked the concept. I thought it was a good uh, let's play around with what this stuff means kind of episode. And I thought that they had the time that they spent with the different Vulcans from this ship and the things they explored, I found interesting. I thought the thing... With uh you know, them eating the food was fun. I thought the thing with the uh, chubby guy there and his dad was, was interesting. <laughs> was that, was that,
1: <laughs> it's funny that we talked about that on the uh, the radio stars that we did earlier when we talked about um no son of mine on the episode's oh, yes, gonna yes. come out about, about like whether or not you need to apologize to your father. I didn't realize that this was coming up, so it was it was funny to me that it popped up right after uh, we talked about that in this Star Trek episode. But I guess we should talk about the Chubby Vulcan, like um the storyline makes sense to me, I think it mm-hmm. even even down to like the lesson that you're supposed to learn from it kind of makes sense to me. It really feels jammed in there in terms of the other plots though like it, mm-hmm. you know it's, it's a Paul dealing with the emotions and the sort of mental assault aspect, and then well this is also good why it's good to talk to your father who hasn't talked to you in 11 years as well here's the other lesson that we're going to learn from mm. it I, I didn't mind those scenes i thought they were charming but it was it, it it did strike me as a very strange um difference in things that they were talking about
0: well i yeah it's, I, I think it's kind of a similar without directly calling it. i'm actually kind of surprised they don't directly call it out because this seems ripe for a uh for a two people talk about the situation scene that they do pretty well in enterprise um but it is kind of a a thing where since since they have now uh, embraced their emotions, part of the part of that is you know holding a grudge or or uh, bitterness is an is an emotion that that is to be had, and so the, in in abra- in embracing their emotions, they're also kind of uh what's the word uh vulnerable to these sort of more negative things ruling their life yeah yeah and trip or trip i guess ultimately trip helping this guy realize that it's there are some things that you need to kind of reconcile and deal with um if you're going to really be a master of your emotions and whatnot is i think is an interesting way to go with it they don't they don't lean so far into that like i said it's just sort of two scenes of trip being like hey call your dad. Yeah. the guy would be like, I don't know. My dad's kind of a jerk. He's like, Hey, call him. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but you know, I I thought it was interesting. It was, it's sort of a, uh, it's sort of an inversion of the Sarek and Spock thing where they talk to each other, but you can tell from the way that they talk to each other that there is distance there. Right. As opposed to there actually being the son holding a grudge, which causes him to not want to talk to his father. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was surprised they didn't do a little more with the captain of the ship. Uh, it seemed like he and he and Archer kind of hit it off a little bit. It would have been interesting to spend some more time with him. Yeah, he's only there um,
1: up until the, the dinner scene, right? And then you don't see him again after that, I don't think.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. I think, yeah, I think that's the only bit. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I like the idea. I thought it was, as if you're going to have these low-stakes episodes, I thought this was a pretty good one to have because they didn't, it's they're literally out there trying to map this nebula thing or whatever it is uh which is very low stakes it didn't involve the nebula starting to collapse and suck the ships in or some (laughs) shit like that yeah and and needing needing someone with with no uh only to paul can steer them out because she doesn't have to deal with being afraid or some bullshit like that um It was it was just them doing a star mission and then having these character interactions while they were doing it and I found that I found that very uh, uh, endearing and I thought it was it was it was it was fun.
1: Yeah, no, I I, I agree with you. I think um, let's take a break there, I guess, and we'll play a quote from the episode and then we'll come back with final thoughts. So
0: I think sorry before we go, I yep. think it's a I think it's the more ideal version of what they were trying to do in the Sleeping Dogs episode with the Klingons. Where you are learning about these Vulcans by interacting with them as opposed to just walking through their ship and going, oh, that's gross. Right. They eat weird food. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. 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 That's a, that's a good point. Um, let's, let's play a clip in the episode. We'll take a break and then we'll come back and we'll give our final thoughts and read some patron thoughts about this one. It's called Fusion.
0: I need to go see her. DePaul's had enough of your help. Stay away from her.
1: She is in a crucial stage of her awakening. She needs guidance. I told you it's over. I think that's for her to decide. Maybe I'm not making myself clear.
0: Sick bay's off limits. You're in my way, Captain. You'd be wise to let me leave.
1: All right, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. If you want to support the show, the best way to do that is patreon.com slash couple dollars a month gets you extra stuff. And as always, our Captain tier shout-outs happen right now. Special thank you goes to Alec DeWolf, Andrew Sherlock, Ben Douglas, Bradley Killens, Bre- uh, Captain Brazen, Cardinal Doomsday, Chris Tinsley, Christian Michaels, Christian Pouch, Darth Moss, David Beermore, David K, Dwayne Hackett, Eric Johnson, Eric Antoine, HH28, Jacob123, Jakey's Gamer, Joint Mango, Jordan Cooper, Kevin Lowry, Kevin Reyes, Kyle Barrett, Mad Courier 6, Matt Cutler, Matt Houston, Matt Ross, Mike Burnett, Mike Harris, Nathan Elliott, Neil Brennan, Nick Sergi, Ro- Russell, Elds, Samuel Costa Grim Santo, Sean, Stefan and Tarek Latif and Tom Hiles, and Vault 13 Hero. Thank you very much, guys, for supporting the show. And that's it.
0: Yeah, I think um, we're, before... We're not we're not doing video today because we got a package nose job deal. Oh, that's... And we're both recovering <laughs> both at the recovered. same time, so... That's,
1: that is true. Yeah, there's no YouTube uh, video today, but that'll be back. It's just one of these one-off things. Um, yeah, I th- I feel like I'm still... I feel like we talked about that episode, but I still—I feel like I have a lot to say. However, I, I'm not really sure mm. what to say about it anymore, I think. It's a, um, it was an interesting episode, I guess. So let's go to patient comments. Maybe that will spur something that I have to say about it. Sure. Matt Ross says, Fusion, how much crap did Arthur Archer take with him? Let me just turn this. I mean, besides a water polo ball, he took his grade school astronomy book? Sure. Then we meet the aesthetic rebel Vulcans, eating meat, having sort of emotions, and, of course, going after T'Pol in a date rape allegory, making these Vulcans even more despicable. The demystifying of the Vulcan's secret of nature is interesting, as the group tells all. The father-son issue felt very after-school special. T'Pol's fever dream of the jazz club felt like she was going to run into Benny Russell or a prophet from DS9. Robert Pine is Taven. The crusty rebel Vulcan at the time made me think he's a long way from Chips and that he's and that as he's J.J.'s Kirk's dad, what a small world. Is he? Is that the same? What? Robert Pine as Tavin, the crusty rebel Vulcan at the time, made me think he's a long way from Chips. It was one of these actors in Chips, I guess. I, I don't know that I, I missed
0: it if it was. I don't know. Otherwise, the acting on Sepul. year? What year are we in? This is 2020.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, the acting on Tupal's discomfort is disturbing, which is the center part of the story. I do recall that this caused a conundrum among fans by making mel- mind melds a fringe, crazy belief. Archer's very fatherly admonishment of Tolaris felt oddly delivered. Overall, the story felt strained, and I kept waiting for a school special announcement throughout this. Next one. Oops. Where's the Oh, it's up there. There it is. Point Extra G says, I'm fine with showing the origins of things Trek, but having mind melds be a thing only done by an outcast group seems a bit much, especially when it's only being promoted by, Captain, uh, by Creepy McRapey. Getting mind raped is a Deanna-Troy plot line. We don't need to Paul falling into the same trope. A Latte librarian says, "There's so much to unpack in this episode that I won't even try. Why do women only make up a third of the crew? Only two regular female cast members, less than a third, by the way, and one of them gets mind raped in the first season, one out of five for making me angry.:
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, think, I think the difference between this and maybe I can't remember exactly how it happens with Troy. Uh are they, I guess are they referencing Nemesis or does it happen in in the show as well? It happens in the show as well. It does. Yeah. To to Paul seemed more uh again, this is why it bothers me that she doesn't end up with with the win here at the end is that she seems more she seems actively fighting against it. Obviously obviously what he did is awful. Um, but the way that she reacts to it in the moment is a little bit more assertive than I think generally they write the women in these shows, in these situations.
1: You think Paul um, is more assertive in this? Yes, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, and so to have her then shrink into the background is is really unfortunate. But at, at, the, at the time, as it was happening, I thought of her... I mean, I still do think she's a pretty strong character, but uh, she seems like more of a strong... At, in that moment, she seems like more of a stronger character to be the one who eventually pushes through and gets the, uh, uh, uh come up. Uh, the re- revenge is a, is a bad word to yeah. use, but you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just interesting. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. It's, I think there's a way you can tell this story. If you really feel the need to tell the story where to Paul doesn't end up being solely a victim. Um, but yeah, they didn't do it that way.
1: Yeah. And it's, um, for the, uh, for a third of the crew thing. I don't mind details like that because I think that that hints at a kind of uh proto federation humanity that the show would have like what's the ratio of female astronauts to male astronauts at this point? I would I would guess it's probably a fair fairly high majority for men, uh would be my mm-hmm. assumption. Um and I don't mind that like I I, I, I just feel that... Well, the
0: rest of that original line was a third of the crew were female, but we have no Italians.
1: <laughs> the, what's, the, uh, what's the Polark doing here? Is that what the, he says in Prisoner? A uh, check. What would a check yes, be doing yes. here?
0: what would a check be doing here?
1: <laughs> um, I didn't, so I don't mind the crew breakdown, but agreed with you about the everything Clay said about the T'Pol scene is strange in this. Um, mm-hmm. It's very like the... The Deanna Troy episode one ends pretty much the same where Troy is getting assaulted, and the way that it's solved is Worf walks in and punches the guy. So Troy yeah, Troy really yeah. has no uh, defense
0: of herself the entire time.
1: Yeah, that's
0: yeah, if you <laughs> if you can, if you're gonna walk out onto the thin ice of any sort of a sexual assault episode, you really need to rethink whether or not it needs to end with a man uh Physically punching someone else as a way to uh, rectify the situation. Cause yeah, that's not really the way to handle this stuff.
1: It's it's strange. Like it's it's strange that that's always the theme of it.
0: It's just you would yeah. think that. Well, I mean, it's you're writing episodes about women getting sexually or mentally sexually assaulted, but, but a bunch of guys are writing these things. Yeah, you know, there's there's I'm I'm not saying it's impossible for for a man to empathize to the point where they could effectively write this kind of story but it seems like it's probably a little bit more difficult yeah it's just it's it's so strange
1: because they obviously know the narrative stakes because when you whenever you have an episode that like a crewman is infected by an alien or something like that crewman is never just sort of shuffled off to the side after that the Mm. episode usually involves them getting back at the
0: other person in some way so it's just it's very well yeah the one with trip the one with trip ends with him being like an integral part of whatever the end of the story is i can't remember yeah you know he doesn't just fall to the background because he's got labor pains or something right uh well archer Figures everything out and then pats him on the head and says it's okay, Trip. You didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, it, it's you know it's it's really insulting that they that they do this stuff all the time.
1: Yeah, it is. It, it's, it's very strange. It's just so repetitive and and strange. Captain Brazen says, "Oof, mind meld connections" as an allegory for rape. What a fah! Huh? Remember, kids, consents is sexy. This prequel-natured storytelling about the Vulcan mind meld not and-
0: as sexy as Duke Ellington. <laughs> that's, that's-
1: <laughs> the Duke, the prequel natured story. I just, I'm
0: sorry, I just can't get over the fact that like all of topaul's Vulcan training is almost shattered by the fact that she heard like Charlie Mingus for the first time. Yeah, she snuck Mingus for the first time,
1: snuck out of her Vulcan uh, dorm room and went down to the seedy side I mean, of town and listened to
0: some. Yeah, I think it's Charlie to, Parker. I don't, is is Mingus's first name? Char Charlie Charles too? Yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> it's,
1: just, it's just that um. Uh, I can't. It there's a Seinfeld episode. It reminds me, but I won't go into it right
0: now. I was, I was thinking, I was like, how great would it be as the the mind meld scene was happening before it turned dark, and he's like, just let go, let your emotions come through. I was thinking, how great would it be if she lets go, and it's and it it's expressed in like the most awkward thing possible, like she starts dancing like Elaine from Seinfeld <laughs> or something, and it's like, oh, okay. Maybe maybe keep that bottled up. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's for the best. <laughs> I'm going to go mind meld
1: over here. Uh, the prequel nature storytelling about the Vulcan mind meld flies into the uncomfortable box for me. I wish the writers hadn't thrown T'Pol into the mind violation camp like Troy. Sure, it's a tense scene, but it's nothing compared to Spock forcing an interrogative mind meld on Valeris in front of everyone in Star Trek VI, the Undiscovered Country. However... Seeing Vulcans exploring their emotions while finding a balance with logic is fascinating. This subclass of Vulcans is borderline Romulan in temperament, with Solaris in particular being deceitful and manipulating to Paul. Meditation is super important to Vulcans. Otherwise, they'll dream of that sweet, sweet archaic music known as jazz. Cue the Duke, baby. The B-plot <laughs> with Kov and Trip is okay, with Kov clearing up misconceptions about humans, but otherwise a lame message in your Saturday morning cartoon special. Three Robert Pine cameos out of five. So it is Robert Pine. Whoever Robert Pine is, people are recognizing him at this point.
0: Mm-hmm. Like I, I would even have taken uh, the the guy trying to mind assault to Paul, but to Paul is has a more f- forceful will than he does, and he like she like turns it back on him or something, right? You know, like that scene in Force Awakens where he tries to pull the pull the information out of Ray, and then Ray like turns the tables on him and like breaks his brain yep. briefly, <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs>
1: Stephen Minton says, I have mixed feelings when it comes to this one. Every attempt to portray one of the Star Trek races as a diverse people and not a monoculture is a win in my book. However, uh, for example, I always found it mildly annoying that the Klingons are portrayed as warriors only. I always wanted to know how the Klingons do science, engineering, music, sports, education, economics. What I definitely did not want to know is how they do rape. But sadly, this is an example. <laughs> this is exactly how this
0: episode. Well, I system. think we can... I think we can all assume how the Klingons do (laughs) rape. Sadly,
1: that is exactly how this episode chooses to expand our knowledge of the Vulcans. And there's another thing that is starting to bug me. Captain Archer seems increasingly determined to remake T'Pol in his own image, just Mm. make her just a little bit more human, pressuring T'Pol into doing things she is uncomfortable with while simply assuming that these will be good for her. Yes, the episode makes it kind of clear that Archer made a big mistake this time, but the lesson is learned at such a high cost that it damages Archer quite substantially. Taken together with the fact that Depaul again, remains a passive agent while Archer is in the role of father, Gallant Knight takes care of the abusive boyfriend. This episode makes me unhappier the longer I think about it. A low two
0: out of five. Mm. I, you know, that reminds me. I can't remember exactly what he says, but there is a line that sort of stood out as weird to me that Archer says something, something like that, where he makes reference to, to in some sort of, uh, manner that made it seem like he's trying to actively change her or something. I can't remember exactly what it was. Maybe I'm making it up. I don't know. But yeah. I, I, I remember there being a scene where he says something where I was like, Oh, that's kind of weird and creepy just for him to say.
1: Yeah. 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 Just, uh, yeah, it's just the, the, the character work on Enterprise uh, still has a long way to go, I think. mm Neil Brennan says, Fusion, in space, no one can hear you play horny jazz, but seriously, another episode built around men creepily desiring to Paul This is some weird shit now, like when an uncle keeps telling you how attractive his daughter's friends are over Christmas dinner <laughs> in front of his daughter. Thank God a man was there to stand up for Stinky. <laughs> Why does this show feel so lacking in energy? I find myself noticing the white noise background sound effects more than any other Trek show. Two turned on trumpet solos out of five. And then the final comment is... That was, a, that
0: was a great comment that we legally own.
1: That's right. <laughs> Trademark. Darth Mosk with the final comment. Fusion... T'Pol's Dream Sequence flashback literally felt like an SNL ske- sketch. Did anyone else comically spit out their beer and look at the glass only to realize that was only my second sip so this must be actually happening. Also, how the fuck is Mind Meld some forgotten restricted section ritual that only Vulcan Joe Rogan practices? It's primal. <laughs> this is what frustrates me about the prequels. It feels like this is stupidly and un- unnecessarily retconning the Mind Meld unless I'm missing forgetting something from an episode. What is up with all these men regretting not talking to women before puberty? But real talk, it was very refreshing to see Ar stick up and defend to paul way to go bro i guess that,
0: that did you see that um meme that somebody put up on the discord of uh gul ducat in the joe rogan set yes yeah talking about how th- three million deaths on beijor actually isn't really that many yeah over the course of the 50-year <laughs> the 50 occupation years? three yeah. million deaths is actually not yeah, all that, that bad. was that was dead on that was really good <laughs>
1: Um, that's it thank you very much patrons for leaving your thoughts about fusion which is an interesting episode Clay what are you going to give this one on a scale of one to five
0: uh, it's tough because while I do really like the concept I do think the back half of it is unfortunately problematic Um, and you know I think it's easy it's easy to say that to, about a lot of stuff that was from the past and kind of write it off but I do think that this at this point in time the writers, at at this point in time, honestly, at any point in time, the writers should know better than to handle their female characters getting assaulted in the way that they chose to do it. Um, uh, yeah, I want to give it a three, but I think that stuff at the end is so bad that I need to give it a two.
1: Mm, yeah, interesting. Um, I would agree with the caveat that like, even if you're not going to learn anything on some sort of, like, gender politics level, mm-hmm. you would think that writers at this point would just learn that the narrative isn't satisfying that way. Like, you mm. you kind of have to flip it back around on people or, like, have that be the main character and not just sidetrack your female character with this kind of, like, assault sequence. Because yeah. it was to Paul's episode up until that point. And then right. Archer has to right. step in for some reason. It just it feels unnecessary i'm going to um i guess i'll give it a two as well it, it's weird for, it's like a it's a high two for me um just because it is so interesting early on mm. with what they wanted to yeah. do, but it is just another thing of um not really it just uh, Sometimes a lot of these episodes feel a little bit rudderless to me. It's like the show just doesn't know sure, what it wants sure. to talk about with these things, which we talked about in the previous episode with the Berman and Braga type of outlook on stories. And this one really feels that way. It's just like it doesn't know what it wants to take the Vulcans in what
0: direction. It doesn't know what this means for T'Pol. It doesn't really have a good grasp on any of that stuff. It It kind of feels like – I can't remember where I heard this, but – I heard someone once say that you're fir- you don't find out what your story is about until the end of the first draft. Yeah, and then you go back and you and you and you rewrite it, knowing what your story is about. This feels like they they kind of got to the end of their first draft and just never went back to reshape it. Yeah, because it does. I know what you mean by rudderless, because like there are some great some cool ideas in it and stuff, but it doesn't feel like it's really all driving towards anything. Um, it's just a bunch of stuff that happens. That's kind of like, ah, oh, this would be kind of cool. Yeah, hey, what about this? What about this? And then they kind of—it's not—it doesn't feel like that they had the time or 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 took the time to reshape it into what it means as a piece. Right.
1: Yeah. To find the 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 storyline that sticks out the most for you, and then sort of build everything around that in yeah. some way. Yeah. yeah. All right. Twos for both of us. Although, uh, it was more interesting, too, than some of the other twos that we've had to this point. And I, I'm all for fleshing out the Vulcans so that I have a better sense of what the Vulcans are at this point. But um, honestly, to me, the the problem with the series so far is I think that the character definitions are off still. Like... I still don't really have a good grasp on what T'Pol thinks about things uh, mm-hmm. and like what her sort of driving goal is. I understand her; she's slowly becoming more human and it's the humanizing quality of living with all these humans on the ship and everything. But I, um, it feels like she it's accidentally happening to her, you know, in a way that's like right, she's just kind right. of like osmosisly becoming more human and she doesn't really have any thoughts about what that means for her. And I think that's kind of a a, a, a letdown for that
0: character in particular. Yeah, it would be nice if she. I mean, if she addresses that eventually, I think that would be that would be interesting. She, has, she, to, right? she, has, to she has to, right? She has to talk about yeah. this, yeah. Because I mean, it's like it's it's kind of like a inverse of the data thing, where data is striving to become more human, and you and you know that that's his goal. Whereas she, I mean, I don't know. I guess you could argue that to Paul's thing is that she she isn't striving to be more human, but she is just. She is just learning new culture by osmosis, which I don't think is a bad story. No, but I mean, I, I think happens, that you know?
1: I think that it would be much more interesting if she was resistant to that happening. But she doesn't sure. seem to care really. She's just like Right. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. It's it's uh she's she's drinking tea and eating human food, but she's not really it's just what she does now. Right. It's not, she still it's not really she still rolls her eyes
1: yeah. at the humans every time they say stuff and then just eats their food. You know, and it's like it's it, for as well defined as flocks is and what he wants out of it i think that you should have the opposite reaction from Paul, which is that she's very hesitant to do this because that would destroy what she thinks she is at that point um, right
0: right yeah yeah and i think this was this was an episode where they could have gotten into that but they chose to <laughs> they chose to <laughs> to go a different direction with yeah, it yeah yeah
1: all right guys, thank you very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the content. You can find all the links down below at the com slash links. Otherwise, Patreon.com slash the is the best way to support the show. Much appreciated. Clay, do you have anything you want to say? Uh
0: Batass Podcast is back. Um this was yesterday. It would be it would be if it comes Thursday.
1: out tomorrow, it's yesterday, yeah.
0: Yeah, so there should be there's a new episode, first episode of season three, which is uh the two parter with the debut of Batgirl. And uh, next week is a new Rotten Horror Picture Show where we are covering Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
1: Oh, nice. There you go. And then uh, this Friday or tomorrow, there's a new Radio Star Murders. So that show is coming back. Look, guys...
0: Look at all this content we get coming out.
1: I know. It's unbelievable. Uh, that, that'll be a uh, YouTube-only show at this point going forward, so you can check it out on YouTube if you're Our so interested. Our
0: goal is to have so much stuff out that you tell your friends, I don't listen to them anymore. They have too much stuff. <laughs> I don't, have, I don't have time I don't have time to listen to it
1: it's overwhelmed That's,
0: that is the mark of a successful podcast yeah, network yeah, yeah. it's when you have one show you listen to and it's like I really would like to listen to the other ones I just don't have any time
1: we want to be the DVR of podcasting which is it fills up and you give up on watching the show at that point
0: I want your phone to tell you you've run out of space because you subscribe to all of our shows but you haven't listened to them but they still download onto your phone and just sit there taking up room
1: that's the goals, podcasting goals.
0: All right, guys, thanks very much. The so Radio Star is back tomorrow.
1: Yesterday was a badass, and then uh, Rotten Horror is next week, and that'll be a kind of, except for the Star Trek shows, all the other shows are every other week, I think, at this point going forward. So you just have to find them when they come out. And that's it. Support the show at patreon.com slash thepenskyfile. We are done. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time.